Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to see what the Bible says it looks like for us to trust in the Lord. So often we say we trust God, but the actions of our lives really say the exact opposite. So how do we know, based on the Bible, that we really are trusting in God in everyday life? We're going to answer that question with today's edition of Awaken to Grace. Proverbs chapter 3. Now, if you have missed some of our series, we are in a we're in a series that is going to take us through the entire summer called The Unhurried Life. And today we're halfway through this series, and if you've missed some of the sermons, I want to encourage you to go back. You can go on our website and listen or watch. You can download our free mobile app Awakened to Grace. And if you just search Awakened to Grace in your App Store or Google Play, you can download it for free. You can watch or listen to all of our sermons, and there's so much content on there that will help you grow spiritually. Well, today we're going to talk about unhurried trust. Now, the premise of our series, we're, the weeks and weeks that we're talking, I think the series is going to end up being 13 weeks, and the premise of what we're talking about is that if we're going to learn to live an unhurried life, this is not a checklist. This is not a to-do list. Learning to live an unhurried life, this is how we are defining it. It is learning to live at the pace of grace. It's learning God's rhythm, learning how God, what, what the patterns are, what the principles are for living life in God's rhythm. How many of you would agree that we live far too fast-paced of a life? How many of you would agree that each of us, we need to slow down in life? Is that right or wrong? <clears throat> and this series is about learning how to slow down in your work life, in your family life, in your social life, <clears throat> and especially in your spiritual life. So today, we're going to talk about unhurried trust. Now, as we talk about unhurried trust, <clears throat> I have a very simple goal. My goal is to define what it means to really trust the Lord and to define it biblically. <clears throat> My goal is not to give you my opinion of trusting God or to give you our church's opinion of what it looks like to trust God, but to show you crystal clear what the Bible says concerning trusting God. I think there are a lot of things that we try to do, but we don't do it in a biblical way. There's even a lot of times that we try to interpret the Bible, but we do it wrong because we interpret it through another preacher or through a favorite pastor, or we interpret it through our own experience, or our own background, or worse, our own way of thinking. But my friends, there is only one way to truly interpret the Bible, and do you know what that way is? It's as you depend upon the Holy Spirit, you interpret the Bible in light of the Bible. You interpret Scripture with Scripture. 
not with your own thinking or your own feeling or your own background or the way you were raised or the way you see it or the way you think it should be. No, we interpret the Bible based upon the Bible itself. Because there are some incredibly foolish people who they would argue and say, well, the Bible is archaic. The Bible is irrelevant. It has no relevance to today's world or to today's life. My friend, those people are incredibly foolish. They are immensely arrogant. They are incredibly prideful. Because let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that not only is it relevant for our own day today, but the Bible says that it is relevant when the world has ended, when the earth has passed away. It is the word of God that will remain forever and will stand for all of eternity. So you and I would do well. Amen. You and I would do well to base our life upon it. We would be wise to follow its principles. We would be wise to follow carefully, not what we think, not what society says, not what culture says, but what the Bible says. There is no greater thing that you can learn or figure out today more than thus saith the Lord. Amen? Who cares what society says? Society is on its way to hell. Who cares what culture thinks? It's going to pass away. No, it's what thus saith the Lord. That's what matters in our life. And Proverbs chapter 3 is going to share that with us. It's going to tell us some incredible truth. The entire chapter is amazing. But for today's purpose, we're only going to go verses 1 through 12. And I hope that just these 12 verses is going to bring great change to your life today. Begin with me in verse number one. As most of you know, I'm unable to see. I'm blind, and so I'm unable to read it, but God willing, we're going to walk through these 12 verses from memory, and you pray that the Lord will help us. I may need your help. I needed the help of the 9 a.m. service. Will you help me if I need your help? Okay, that's good, because... Because I may need it. Verse number one, Proverbs chapter three, we're talking about trusting God. We're talking today about following the principles of God's word. We're talking about how to biblically know, how to biblically define if we are indeed trusting God. Verse number one, Proverbs chapter three. My son, do not forget my teaching. I need your help. Verse 2. Oh, but let your heart keep my commandments. Chapter 3 is going to talk about the heart. But let your heart keep my commandments. Help me, verse 3. Oh, what will it do? Watch this. But it will add length to your days, years to your life. And peace. How many of you would like to sign up for that? Length of days, years of life, and peace. My friend, if there is strife going on in your life today, if there is strife in your workplace, strife in your home life, strife in your marriage, strife in friends, strife in your extended family, let me tell you what to do. Inject the word of God into your life. And you know what it will add? It will add peace to your life. Amen? Amen. These are promises out of the word of God. 
And then notice what he says. Let steadfast and faithfulness not forsake you. Bind it about your neck and write it on the tablet of your heart. Praise God for that. Is God's word written upon your heart? Do you remember what we said last week? We said that the biblical meaning of taking God's name in vain to the Hebrews literally meant to have God to have God written upon your heart, but deny him with your lifestyle. Notice what Proverbs 3 says. Bind the word of God about your neck. Write it upon the tablet of your heart. Oh, what beautiful words. And then watch the promise out of God's word. Watch what, look what it says. And so, favor. You will find favor and success in the sight of God and man. Hallelujah for that verse. You apply the principles of God's word. You take serious what we're going to teach today. You walk through the principles of God's word. And remember what we learned last week? That beautiful word uh, for applying God's word out of Colossians chapter 1. And you start stacking up the principles. And just like compounding interest, the principles, the wisdom, the knowledge of God's word. It's going to stack up in your life. And you know what it's going to produce? favor and it's going to produce success not just spiritually not just in the realm of the spirit in the eyes of God but even in the natural realm in the eyes of men and God's going to give you success and he's going to give you favor in the eyes of men can you say amen to that wouldn't you love to have favor and success in your work life would you not love to have favor and success in your home life, favor and success in your marriage, favor and success in the way that you parent, favor and success in the way that you guide your grandchildren, favor and success in your finances, favor and success in your health. I'm talking all areas of your life. It will bring favor and success. Can you see how foolish it is to say, well, God's word is irrelevant. Can you see how foolish we are to spend the hours we spend online and with our tablets and with our phone and just scrolling and yet God's word lies dormant. Facebook won't bring you favor and success. Twitter will not bring you favor. Instagram will not bring you favor or success. But the principles of God's word will. You want favor and success in the sight of God and man? Then bind the word of God about your neck and write it upon the tablet of your heart. That's what word, the word of God says, amen? Now, let's, let's get to our text. That's not even our text. All that's free. <clears throat> that's, not even, that's not even really part of it, okay? Now, notice verse five. <clears throat> and this is the heart of what we're saying today. Verse number five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I love that phrase. I love that the Lord understands. When you and I worry, where do we worry from? Our emotions. When you and I fret, when you and I get scared, when you and I feel anxious, when you and I feel fearful, when you and I are filled with anxiety, where does that come from? And yet, what does God say? Trust in the Lord with all your 
heart. Do you know what that tells me, my friends? Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to somebody right here. That tells me that I can give God all my emotions. I can give him all my affections. See, some of you, you know the Lord in your mind, but you've never given God truly all of your emotions. Some of you are, I I, I know the Lord's speaking to someone right now. This is a word for someone. Some of you emotionally, you're like a a roller coaster. You're up and you're down and you're up and, and, and no one ever knows where you are. You don't even know where you're going to be. You don't know how you feel. You don't know what, you're just, you're up and then one day you're down and then you're up and then you're back down and your emotions are just all over the place. And while you love the Lord, you can't understand what do I do? do with my emotions my friend trust the lord with all your hearts with all your affections with all of your emotions trust god give them to him give him the seat of your emotions say god take your throne right here inside my heart and stable me settle me Bring me into a consistent place. Let me tell you, let me tell you why God can do that. Because you know what God's love is for you? It's consistent. God's not up and down. Come on now. Somebody get with me right now. God's not all over the place. God's not up one day and down the other day. And let me tell you who you are. You're a child of God. You, now, hang on. This wasn't even in the 9 a.m., all right? God's speaking to someone. Now, get with me right now. Do Do you want me to tell you who is the spitting image of me? It's Piper. She thinks like me, acts like me, orders food like I order my food. She does everything just like me. I was eating something the other day, and I had two of them. And she said, no fair. Why do you get two and I get one? I said, because I'm a full grown man. I said, if you eat like I eat, you're going to look like a full-grown man. You want this belly? (laughs) But she's just like me. She's just like me in every way. Do you know why she's just like me? Because she's my child. She has my nature. She has my mannerisms. She has my quirks. She has my faults. She has everything about it. Why? Because she's my child. Well, let me tell you, the Bible tells us clearly who God is. The Bible says, be ye holy, for your Father God is holy. We are born again. His nature is now our nature. Do you understand what I'm saying? And listen, God is not up and down. God's not all over the place. He's consistent. His love is consistent. You can do nothing to make God love you more, and you can do nothing to make God love you less. His His love for you is solid, it's stable, it's consistent, and your emotions can be consistent. Your emotions can be solid, they can be stable when you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let God set up throne in your emotions, and what a difference in your life. Now, now, I got to get back to to the text, okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and then what does he say next? Lean not. Oh, you're helping me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. All right. And lean not upon your own understanding. Now, that's what I want to answer today. How do I trust God? How do I not just say it with my mouth, but live it with my life? This verse tells me. 
Either I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart, and that's the path that my feet are on, or I'm going to lean upon my own understanding. It's going to be one or the other. That great mighty man of God of the 1800s, his name was George Mueller. Oh, George Mueller. Not the current George, not all that in politic mess. No, 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 no. The George Mueller of the 1800s. What a mighty man of God. With no money, with no income, with no support, with no help, only trusting, the God, uh, only trusting God. George and his wife Mary lived in Bristol, England in the 1800s. Orphans were every, everywhere he looked, he saw orphans. And do you know what George Mueller did with no government assistance, no state sponsorship, no help whatsoever? No, he stepped out in faith and trusted God. And do you know what George and Mary Mueller did with their lives? In his lifetime, they fed, they clothed, they housed, they educated 10,000 orphans in Bristol, England. What a mighty man of God. Do you know what George Mueller would often say? Anxiety is the end of faith. But faith is the end of anxiety. Hallelujah. Anxiety is the end of faith, but faith is the end of anxiety. My friends, you can't have both. The, the two cannot coexist. You will not have faith and anxiety. One will dominate the other. One will push the other out. You cannot live with both. You have to make a choice today. Either I'm going to be a person of faith or I'm going to be a person of anxiety. And you have to make a choice. And when you choose faith, guess what happens? It begins to push anxiety out of your life. You can't have both. You can't, both will not coexist. You have to make a choice, one or the other. And so that's what I read in this text. Either I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart or I'm going to lean on my own understanding. If you and I took inventory of our lives today and we took out a sheet of paper and we wrote down the top five mistakes we've ever made in life, oh, Lord, <laughs> John told me between services, he said, oh, I took inventory and it wasn't good, Chad. I've done some doozies. <laughs> but if you and I wrote the top five mistakes and we took inventory and said, now, was I trusting God or was I leaning on my own understanding? What do you think would fit those five? We lean upon our own understanding. Today I want to share with you three short, quick ways that you and I can make a choice today. Am I going to trust God or am I going to lean on my own understanding? I think that God's word is so specific. I think it's so detailed. I think it's so consequential. I think it's so uh, eternally prepared. I think that God's word is so, uh, well, I'll tell you what Jesus said. He said, every jot and every tittle will last for eternity. That means every I crossed, uh, dotted, and every T crossed. It's all there on purpose, right? I don't think we're going to stand before God one day and God goes, you know, I really, oh boy, mm. Mm, what a mess up. That really wasn't supposed to be there. 
Every word of God's word matters. Every phrase, every verse. And what I read, I find it fascinating that as I read this text, well, listen, in my case, as I listen to this text, it makes sense. It falls in order, it falls in line. Three quick ways to know that you are trusting God and not leaning on your own understanding. I'm going to give you three things to write down if you're taking notes. Number one, trust in daily living. Trust in daily living. Lean not upon your own understanding, but what's the next verse say? Are you ready for this? In all your ways, acknowledge God and he will make straight your paths. In all your ways. See, we have a huge problem in today's church. And in our, in, 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 in our Western uh, American thinking, in our, in our culture, this is what we tend to do. We create these compartments. And we go, okay, this is my home life, and this is a compartment. And then this is my work life, and this is a compartment. And then this is my social life, and this is its own compartment. And then I have my church life. And my church life fits very neatly into this 90-minute segment where I sip on some coffee, and I enjoy some great music. And, you know, I I listen to a talk that maybe it challenges me, maybe it encourages me, but it's about a 90-minute experience, and it doesn't touch my social life or my home life or my work life. All of those are separate compartments. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. But what the Bible teaches is that in all of your ways, in all of the decisions of life, in every area of your responsibilities, in every area of your hobbies, in every area of your interests, in every area of your enjoyment, acknowledge God. In other words, invite God to be part of your daily life. Does that make sense? And then we find ourselves on weird paths. We find ourselves in dark paths, ways, places that God never led us. And we go, how did I get here? We didn't acknowledge God. Therefore, he did not direct our path. Because there was no acknowledgement of his lordship, of his guidance. Does that make sense to you? See, some of us foolishly, mistakenly, And I've done this. I'm not throwing stones. Some of us think sometimes that all we need to do is pray about something. Let me tell you what I've learned in my life. It's not enough to pray about something. Do you know what I'm to do? Follow me. Follow the word. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God. And he will make straight, or in other words, he will direct or he will guide your paths. And then what's the next verse say? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't be wise in your own understanding. But turn to the Lord. Turn away from evil. Do you know what I've done so often in life? I've prayed about something and felt good about myself because I prayed about it. And then it turned out to be disaster. And when I go back and I look and I go, I don't understand. I prayed about this. Come on now. Am I preaching to the right people? Because I can't see you. I don't know if this, uh, uh, you may have no idea what I'm talking about. Have you ever prayed about something and it turned out to be, I mean, disaster? And you're going, what in the world happened? I prayed about this. Surely I'm not the only one who's ever done that. (laughs) We should do a small group, Troy. (laughs) Me and Troy, we're doing a small group together. 
golly. Do you know what I've begun to learn, though? Listen. When, listen, so often when I pray, let me just give you a sneak peek to what it can look like. Okay, God, um, I don't say it this way, but here's really what I'm saying. Okay, God, uh, I've already made my mind up, and this is what I want, and this is how I'm going to do it, and this is where I'm going, and this is what I'm doing. Okay, Lord, now I need you to bless it. Have you ever prayed that way? Maybe not in that tone, but with that mentality. Okay, God, my mind's made up. Now I need you. That's not real prayer, my friends. Do you know what real prayer is? It's seeking the counsel of God. God, what's your will? Show me, Lord. I will wait for you. I'll wait until you give me an answer. That's real praying. And what I've found is when I wait on God and he gives me a clear answer and I go his path, guess what? It's not disastrous. I can see his hand. I can see his favor. I can see success. I can see blessings on my life because I'm going God's path. It's when I've already made up my mind and said, okay, God, now help me. That's not real praying. That's not acknowledging God in all of my ways. So when you look at your daily life, are you turning away from your own wisdom? Uh, Our our top five list. (laughs) If you wrote down the top five mistakes, would you look at that and go, was that God's wisdom or was that my own wisdom? What do you think the answers would be? Now notice what he says next. We're, we're going to not be wise in our own eyes. We're going to turn away from evil. We're going to turn to the Lord and turn away from evil. And then look what he said. Very interesting. Look what he says. It will be health to your flesh and, and uh, um, thank you, refreshment to your bones. It will be health to your flesh, refreshment to your bones. I love this verse. You know why? Because what stress do to your body? What's worry do to you? Some of you right now listening in the building or online, you're listening and you are a ball of frustration. Your sleep is gone. You can't rest. You can't trust. You can't wait. You're just frustrated and you're constantly, you're breaking down. You're breaking down mentally. You're breaking down emotionally and you're breaking down physically. That's what stress will do to you. But see, you wait on the Lord. You turn away from evil. You don't be wise in your own understanding. You acknowledge God in all of your ways. Your paths begin to get directed and straightened out by God Almighty. Do you know what will be the result? Health. Health to your literal flesh. Refreshment to your literal bones. Hallelujah. Amen. How can people say the word of God's not relevant? <sighs> of course it is. Because we know, we know doctors tell us what stress does to our bodies. Well, what does the word of God do to your body? It brings health. It brings refreshment. It brings strength. Amen? Amen. So number one, how do you know? How do you know if you're trusting in God or if you're leaning on your own understanding? How do you know? Number one, you examine 
your daily living? Are you, are you wise in your own eyes? Are you making decisions based upon your own understanding, based upon you, based upon your feelings, based upon your gut, based upon your emotions? Or are you making decisions based upon waiting on the Lord? What a difference. Number two, there's not only trust in daily living, but number two, the Bible teaches there's trust in our giving. Now, I find it interesting that God links this passage. You know, back in February, I did a sermon on tithing, a rare sermon on tithing. How many months ago was that? Four or five months ago, whatever. And uh, I did a rare sermon on giving. And I assure you, I didn't go through my Bible trying to find another, another chapter on giving. See, where can I fit it in? Where can I? No, this is where it lands. Do you know why? Because this is a logical place of faith and trust. I find it interesting that God links the two. So when we talk about this for a moment, notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, the very next verse, honor the Lord. Now let's just stop right there. You know, we said back in February, do you realize that preachers never came up with the idea of tithing? That's shocking, isn't it? Churches never instituted the idea of tithing. Religions never came up with the idea of tithing. It's not a religious matter. It's not a church matter. It's not a a preacher matter. They didn't come up with it. You know where the idea of tithing comes from? From God himself. This is God's idea. This is God's plan. This is God's pattern for our life. And we would do well to pay attention to it. So when we talk about our trust, are we trusting in the Lord? Or are we leaning upon our own understanding? The Bible says honor the Lord. It doesn't say honor the church. It doesn't say honor the preacher. Have you ever seen preachers on TV? Oh, just, oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't have to elaborate. You know, I saw, I saw a brother on there a few years ago and uh he was talking into the camera while people were coming forward with their giving, to which I kind of thought, huh, the Bible says to do that stuff in secret. Don't say to come forward. But anyways, they were all coming forward, and, and, get, and he's talking into the camera, and he's real fervent, and he's sweating everywhere, and he goes, he goes, I can't win the world by myself, people. I thought, bro, no one asked you to. Who asked you to do that? No one can win the world. We're not even, we're part of a body, amen? It's not all about you. And we've seen these things abused and we've seen them, and we've seen it, oh, you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Listen to what he says. It doesn't say honor the preacher. It doesn't say honor the church. It says honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Now, let me teach you a principle right now. You're still with me, right? I hadn't lost you. Okay. Let me teach you a principle that that the Lord has so graciously began to teach me and Sadie. I've been very transparent with you when I did the previous sermon and, and shared with you what a struggle tithing has been for me and Sadie throughout our marriage. 
had nothing to do with the want to. We've always wanted to give. We've always wanted to give quite generously. It had the ability, it had the issue of ability. Did we have the ability to give? Well, for so long in our thinking, we thought no. We don't have the ability. By the time we pay this, and by the time we pay that, and by the time we pay this, there's so little left. So how can we? Lord, it's not that we don't want to, it's that we can't. Oh, how wrong our thinking was. Notice what the text says. Notice. Now, hang on, before we read it, what did, what did the verses above say? It said, when we follow, when God's word is about our neck and written on the tablet of our heart, then we find favor and success. Amen? Now, notice what this says. Honor the Lord with your wealth. It's honoring the Lord, not the man, not the church, none of that. Honor the Lord with your wealth. So that's where the priority starts. But notice what the next phrase says. And with the first fruits of all your produce. See, it was the principle of first fruits that took me and Sadie so long to really understand and believe. So what we would do is, is we would say, God, by the time we pay our mortgage and by the time we pay all of our insurance premiums and by the time we pay our car and we pay our gas and we pay our food and we get this and this and that, and by the time all of that's done, God, there's nothing left. And it's because we weren't doing the first fruits principle. What God speaks of throughout the entire Bible is you don't give God what's left, you give him what's first. Amen. So what Sadie and I did, because we don't manage cash very well, does anybody not manage cash very well? Anybody want to join that small group? You give me cash, you want to know where it's going to end up? At Subway. Or somewhere like that, right? I mean, I don't do real well with cash. We had to find a way that was disciplined, that, that it worked for us. And I'll tell you what we found. We found e-giving worked for us. So why we set ours up to debit our account every Monday morning at 12.01 a.m. It reaches into our bank account and it pulls out what's first. And we say glory to God. And before the mortgage gets it, before the gas gets it, before the car gets it, before the, the grocery store gets it, God gets the first fruit. And do you know what we found after a while doing this? We have more left over now than we ever had. And now it's like, well, how did we not have that left? Because we weren't doing it right we weren't honoring the principle of first fruits. And in this day, in that context, it was agriculture. And so God said, bring the first of your produce. Today, in our context, God would say, bring the first of your income. Whatever that is. The first. And it's a faith matter to say, I'm not going to give God what's left. I'm going to give him what's first. Does that make sense to you? Here's how it made sense to me and Sadie. If Sadie and I earn $100, how much of that belongs to the Lord? 10%. That's the training wheels of giving. 10%. That's, that's, that's the minimum requirement of the Lord. That 10%. Now, Paul goes on to say, hey, I want you to be a cheerful giver. Don't, I mean, settle in your heart what you want to do. So, 
but, but that the, the, the starting point is 10%. And so this is where Sadie and I had to come into an agreement. We had to say, if we earn $10, how much of that goes to the Lord? And we had to come into agreement to say, we would rather, (laughs) I mean, we're we're talking about daily living, daily faith. We would rather live and manage and live on $90 that has God's hand and God's favor and God's blessing all over it than to have $100 that has no blessing of God on it. Does that not make sense? And you say, oh boy, the preacher's really preaching about money today. No, I'm preaching about faith today because it's God who links it. It's God who links it. It's God who links it. And let me tell you why I tithe. I don't do it because the church expects it. I don't do it because I'm employed by the church. I don't do it for any of those reasons. You know why I tithe? Is because I want God's hand. I want his favor all over my life. And the Bible tells me how. The first fruits. Don't give God what's left. Give him what's first. So if our ushers will come, we'll take an offering. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to take an offering. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. (laughs) But anyways, okay. So... (laughs) I I bet if I could see it, I bet some of your mouths gaped open. But anyways, okay. So, so, all right, let's get back on track. So there's first, uh, there's, there's trust daily living, and then there's trust giving. And then lastly, and this is where I close, look at the next verse. Oh, 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 I missed this part. Just just make sure you you get this. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Uh, Bring... uh, with the first fruits of all your produce, and then watch the promise. Then your barns will be full, and your vats will be bursting with wine. You think God don't want to bless you? Of course he wants to bless you. Trust in daily living, trust in giving, and then lastly today, trust in submitting. Trust in submitting. Now notice what he says. Wise counsel. Now remember, all of this is linked Trusting the Lord with all your heart and not leaning upon your own understanding. Now notice what he says. My son, do not despise the discipline of the Lord, nor grow weary in the Lord's reproofs, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves. And then notice what, very tender, notice what he says. As a father reproves the son in whom he delights. Hallelujah. You know, my little boy Hudson, he's two years old now, just a little over two. And that kid's into everything. He breaks everything. We say he could break a crowbar in a, wild, in a desert. I mean, he breaks everything. The boy touches it, it breaks. But you know, when we discipline Hudson, I think of all our children, that boy can stick his lip out further than any of them. He'll drop his little head. That little lip will come down and oh, he'll just pout. But why do we discipline our children? Because we love them. Because we love them. What's the goal? 
as parents. Our goal is to see them grow up, to see them mature into responsible men and women to see them go on and have their own families and go on and have their own careers and go on and live their lives to God's glory as responsible adults. That's our goal, right? Guess what? That's God's goal for you. My goal is not to make my children happy with everything they want. You'll ruin them. My goal is to raise them responsibly, right? And that's God's goal for us. So it may be times that God disciplines you. It may be times that God reproves you. What, what's the word of God say? Don't despise it. And my friend, don't grow weary of it. Because it's evidence that the Lord loves you. In other words, let's put it this way. Other people may get by with it. But God's not going to let you get by with it. Amen. That's God loving on you. That's God parenting you. That's him being a father to you. That's him saying, I don't care if everybody else does it. You're my child and you're not going to do it. Hallelujah for that. Amen. The discipline of the Lord. Are you able to submit to it? Are you able to walk down the road marked with suffering? Are you willing to submit under the mighty hand of God? That in due time, he may exalt you. Are you willing? Or are you living in your own understanding? And what it means to live in your own understanding is to say, God, I don't deserve this. That's leaning on your own understanding. God, why would you? That's living in your own understanding. No, submitting to God is, if you deem this good. If you see fit, then I submit to what you say is good for me. That's submitting. That's trust in submitting. So where's your life at today? Are you trusting in your daily life? Does every decision go through the throne of God? Are you trusting God in giving? I believe it was Billy Graham. I believe it was Billy Graham who said, if you really want to show me your faith, let me see your checkbook. (laughs) Because many of us say we trust God for our provisions, but we don't follow the real pattern of his word. Many of us give God what's left rather than what's first. Are you trusting God in submitting to his discipline? Do you feel today like God's picking on you? Do you feel like God has abandoned you? Do you feel like God is concerned about everybody except for you? No, my friend, submit to the discipline of the Lord. Or do you find yourself in a hardship today where you're saying, why would God allow me to walk this path? Could it be, my friend, that he's directing your steps? Could it be, my friend, that he's making straight your path? Submit. Yield. And say, God, I yield to you. Today, if you need to come pray because you need to give some areas over to the Lord, perhaps you need to submit yourself in a fresh way today. Perhaps you need to commit yourself in a new way today.
Maybe you need to say, God, I've looked at hardships or I've looked at disappointments or I've looked at sorrow and I've looked at it all wrong. I've not acknowledged you in every way of my life and that's changing today. Perhaps you want to come to the altar today and say, God has just a sign of saying, I am acknowledging you. I acknowledge you. Come right now and pray. Slip out of your seat. Come, stand, kneel, sit, whatever. Come around these altars today and say, God, I just give myself and I acknowledge you no more leaning on my own understanding. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to trust in you. You come and pray as the Lord leads you. You recommit, you give yourself, you you acknowledge God. You do whatever it is the Holy Spirit leads you in. You're struggling in emotions today? Come and give those emotions to God and say, God, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust, not in medicine. I'm going to trust, not in doctors. I'm going to trust, not in myself. I'm going to trust in God Almighty. I'm going to trust in God with all my heart and settle me today, stabilize me today. And I'm telling you, in the authority of God's word, he'll do it. He'll do it. You come, you come, you come. Are you acknowledging God as a parent? Are you raising your children in the fear of God? Are you acknowledging God in your home, in your work? Are you acknowledging God in all of your ways? Have you built these compartments to where God doesn't fit except in the church compartment? Then come and repent of that today. And say, no, God, you're welcome in all of my life. In all of my life. In every compartment of my life. You are most welcome. Your word is welcome today. I put the welcome mat out for the word of God. Come and do business with God. Come and do business with him. Come and say, God, I'm submitting today. I'm submitting to the hardship. I'm submitting to the suffering. I'm submitting to the hard things. Because I know what you're doing is good for me it's good for me it's good for me I don't punish my children it's not listen hear my heart today when the Lord disciplines us it is not the judge punishing the criminal it's the heart of a father delighting in the son and daughter hallelujah how can we not submit to that And say, God, bring your good things in my life. And let me tell you, you submit. You walk this path. Let me tell you, the Bible says what's going to happen. Favor and success is going to be found in the sight of God 